That's right, I'm Ben. <laughs> and we're the professionals of this outfit. Matt and Kyle, they just uh, do their thing. We're obviously the true blue professionals. <laughs> clearly, clearly pros. Yeah, that's, that's what they brought us in for, they said. God, we need some guys who are sharp and professionals, and they obviously thought of us first. <laughs> found the right guys. Yeah, obviously. You know. Well, that's good. Glad they found the right people. So, but week two's over. That's a good thing. On to week three. Well, it's kind of sad because that means two weeks of football are gone. But on to week three. I mean, we were there. You were there. What did you think? Uh, underwhelming is my one word take on it. Um, it was very clear that Stig was not going to let a 97 blowout happen again. I mean, he. <laughs> He did everything in his power to make sure that that didn't happen. Um, you know, yeah. early early on, you know, he could tell. He's like, well, we better get a little bit of a lead. But, you know, after that pass for a touchdown, he was like, yep, pretty much fullback dive from here on out. So it it was kind of I mean, – it was a very boring game to watch, which kind of sucks because, you know, he, against a bad team, you like to see your team blow them out a little bit. But – I get it. Yeah. I mean, especially after what happened last year. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was kind of a combination of things. I think the defense came out how we wanted them to, and they looked they looked pissed off about the Gopher game, and they came to prove it. And then I think the offense was a combination. What you were talking about, you know, with we had really super vanilla offense, just like Minnesota came in with us, and then it looked like our offensive line just wasn't it they didn't have it they didn't have it they didn't look ready to play they looked completely overwhelmed by the speed and stunts that they were doing well completely overwhelmed is a relative term we put up points and we moved the ball but for what you expected in that game they didn't perform to nearly the standards of an offensive line you expected that just pushed around minnesota that was disappointing and you know i think those things all bundled together plus the fumble down on the first drive all that stuff came together just for a perfect storm of not quite what we hoped to see. But in the end, they got scholarship football players too. And you're not going to crack off a 25-yard run every time. On the same token, I think the other thing that shows with the offensive line and the offense kind of not being at full intensity is when we, in the last quarter of the game, we had in, was that Blakely at running back? Yep. And we started gashing them. You could tell the second stringers were out there to prove something. Hey, I didn't hit the table. So we're moving in a positive <laughs> direction there. But, um, yeah. You know, that they had that intensity, and it really didn't look like the starters did in that game. I agree. I mean, I, I hate to start off on such a negative note, but, yeah, I mean, the offensive line looked very bad, and I – I think it was a combination. It was, you know, well, these guys aren't as good as us, so we don't have to try that hard. Also, credit to LIU. I mean, they, uh, they're they no slouch. I mean, they're they are not like a Pioneer League team. I mean, they, they look like they're going to be pretty legit FCS team, 
and their D-line, while undersized, they were quick. And they beat our guys off the ball. They got underneath us, and they got in the backfield and messed up some plays. So credit to them. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the early fumble by Nelson down on, the, uh, down on the goal line. I don't understand why they were trying to run him up the middle. He's not a big kid. I mean, he, he's got some speed around the outside. I get that if you're going to run him. And when he finally did score his touchdown, they ran him to the outside. But I I just didn't know what they were trying to prove by trying to run him up the middle, I guess. Yeah, I think that kind of just falls in line with the same sort of idea that Minnesota had against us is we just assumed we were going to go out, bulldoze him downfield, and just run up the gut for a bunch of yards. And didn't really happen. And hats, like you said, hats off to Long Island. They... That they look better than any Duquesne team I've seen come in, and Duquesne's been the top of that conference forever. You know, I mean, when we played Duquesne, it has been those walkovers, and I think they're going to be in serious trouble. And I wouldn't be surprised with how hearing their coach talk at Long Island and how well they played, and knowing the NEC, if they don't use the NEC as a stepping stone to and then go to a full scholarship conference down the road and become a pretty solid contender annually in the national landscape of F- FCS. I think we're going to be thinking back in maybe five, ten years going, hey, I remember when they were here. So, Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, like I said, I was very impressed with them, and you know, I think they'll, they'll turn themselves into a pretty good FCS team down the road. Absolutely. But, I mean, you know. Shout out to, shout out to Matt there with the absolutely. Absolutely, Matt. <laughs> Just... I, what can you say besides he's absolutely Matt? That's why they're the A team. They're absolutely the A team. No doubt in my mind. They're absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Don't fire us. <laughs> so enough, enough with the negative talk. Let's talk about things we liked. What did you What did you like after watching the game on Saturday? Um, I liked. That the op, that the coaches put in what seemed to be a larger amount of true freshmen, let them get some game reps. Uh, you can tell that that was a focus to get him to play. Uh, Hicks, Quentin Hicks, looked like a little, he looked like a beast. I, he's going to be hard to keep off the field all season. I think I, if somebody's going to get his shirt pulled, I would not be. He'd be my first pick. And obviously Christian Roseboom and the defense as a whole, they were flying around. Defensive line looked just as nasty, if not more nasty, than the game against Minnesota. That were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it was. I mean, Hicks was literally flying around the field. You know, when he had that strip sack and recovery, that was fun. Um, but even beyond that, I mean, he was just. It seemed like he was a part of almost every play, which you love to see. Um, and again, that you know that front seven is just stout. I mean. The D-backs didn't really get tested much, but it was nice to see them come up and make some plays in the in the run defense. Um, I thought I was done with the negative takes, but I'm not. Uh, you did mention you did mention seeing uh, a plenty of freshmen, which was good. What I wish we would have seen in hindsight's 2020, but I wish we would have seen some freshmen taking kick returns because. We ended up getting one of our star players injured on a kick return. Like yeah. I said, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, 
I mean, I'm not against having star players be your kick returner, but against LIU, a team you know you're going to blow out, I just don't know how smart that was. And, you know, I hear where you're coming from, but on the same token, I try to think back. And how many times are kick returners injured? I don't... I, it's not. I don't think of it as a regular thing in my mind. I hear where you're coming from against a team like LIU for sure. The overall concept, the overarching concept of your star players can't return kicks. Um, the special team plays are so pivotal and so huge that in the amount of times that returners you, you think about actually get hurt, there's people that get hurt on kickoffs, but it's usually the guys blocking. Your, your good returners like that are usually able to shift away and roll off those huge blows and, you, and not get crushed and generally speaking from i mean this i have no statistical backing of this mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not a scientist so <laughs> but my gut feeling from watching football and stuff you don't see a lot of returners injured so that part isn't a huge issue to me but yeah i completely agree against against a team like long island <sighs> nothing really to prove there we know Cade's going to be an awesome returner and but on the flip side speaking of returners there's some kid out of this town um, Matt Madison Matt, Matt Ison Madison I don't know how you say it maybe it's with a soft dough <laughs> <laughs> Yankee there is definitely a soft J in there I've been saying that wrong for a while that was <laughs> sick that was a sick return yeah, I mean, I think that kid's got a lot of potential, not only in the return game, but as a receiver, too. Um, you know, I think that it's yeah, it's only a matter of time before he's kind of the next big player that we see that we're, you know, expecting consistent plays out of. Um, yeah, I had the feeling that it was only, you know, it wasn't going to be long before he broke out of his shell and started making plays for us. Yeah, he did it in a big way. That was awesome. It was funny. I was in the stands and the ball hit the ground and it rolled that first bounce and I was kind of disappointed because he saw the opening from where our seats are on the on the north side of the field. He saw the opening in front of him. And I went, ah, pick up the ball, you Sally. And as soon as I got done saying that, it was like the third bounce and then he picked the ball up. And I went, wait, no, don't do that. And he just made something special out of it. God, that was fun to watch. So, you know, really, really excited about our return game this year, though, overall. For sure. And on that note, um, Kay did tweet out that, you know, he got some good news. So it sounds like it wasn't as serious of an injury as we thought it was, which is a good deal. Cause I mean, it, it looked, it, yeah, it looked pretty bad. And when, when he was coming off, he looked real disappointed. The staff looked, you know, down about it. So I was, I was really worried. So to see him tweet something out like that was awesome. Cause I mean, that, if he's gone, not saying the season's in the drain, but it would take a big hit if he's out. Yeah, I mean, losing an All-American's a big blow to any team. Um, I think this this year's version of the Jacks has more depth than we've ever had, but you can never discount losing somebody like that and be tough. So really glad to hear that. Uh, you guys on listening to the podcast couldn't see. I was doing my happy dance. So Ben had to see it because we use a camera for this, but yeah, you guys can visualize it. So there. <laughs> well, spoiler alert: it was not worth seeing. <laughs> so speak for yourself. <laughs> so what? 
<laughs> give me your take on uh, give me your take on Cannon Nelson. Ooh, um, his throws were okay. I think a couple times he got bailed out. Um, we'll see if he starts this week. Uh, he, but in my opinion, he looks like a serviceable back. Serviceable backup is where I would categorize him as in someone comes in, gives it up for a couple plays. He can throw the ball, knows the offense really well. He can run, make some plays with his feet, but is he, is that what I want for a full season? Probably not because you're going to need those big plays. And I, at least from a one game sample size could be because it was his first game starting. I just didn't see it there. Maybe he's got to get more comfortable. I don't know. But just from that first blush, that's what I got out of that a little bit. I'm going to agree with you on the serviceable backup. I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, it's tough to say, too, because, I mean, he did – they had a pretty vanilla, you know, uh, game plan for him. He only had eight attempts. Um, and like we said, the line wasn't playing that well. So – you got to give him the benefit of the doubt there a little bit, but at the same time, he just, I don't know, he just didn't look comfortable. It didn't look like an FCS quarterback to me, um, an FCS starter, I'll say. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I, uh, backup is, is he is who we thought he was. <laughs> right, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. He's been, and there's no way you can't say he hasn't been an asset to the team for a long time. Oh, for sure. Sticking it out like he did. It, like he has um, by all accounts he's a great teammate you never hear him grumble or whine um, and you know he does he does his job and he does what they ask him to do but yeah I think he's a serviceable second guy to have behind who can take control of the offense for a player for a drive or two if Gibbs gets dinged up but you know it's we don't have a quarterback controversy I'm not gonna you're not gonna want to be starting him over Gibbs in the marker game you know that's just kind of the way it goes if I'm being really really honest about it and just Gibbs just had more of the athletic talent and that's what he do yeah and while we're talking about it we might as well bring up we found out this evening I believe that uh, Matt Connors has left the program so that's a little bit interesting. Um, it was it was interesting to see him not really not get in the game until the last series and when the game was, you know, gar- garbage time anyway. Um, so I guess you know there must have been some uh, uncomfortableness there between him and the coaching staff, and now he's gone. So we're the way we're sitting now is. Gibbs and probably Nelson number two and then I suppose Heidi number three who we saw a little bit in that game yeah and especially with things like that where kid leaves the team um that's something I never want to speculate on because even if I even if I'm somebody who's a trainer on the team do I do you really know what happened everything's a version of he said she said at that point and you have no idea what is reasons are they haven't been stated publicly um even if things do get stated publicly we don't know what actually happened what's coach speak what's player speak um so my opinion just kind of it is what it is and we move on from there we've got the quarterbacks we have 
What did you What did you think of Heidi in the in the little bit that we saw him? Uh, he looked like he's got potential. Looked a little raw to me, but um, you know, with the mod, I mean, he had, he seemed to have a little more time in the pocket when he was back there for his couple drives, and he definitely took his time back there. I think he needs a couple little more time to go through his reads and all that to to get that stuff down. Personally, just from what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I thing is though, if it came down to a game where if Gibbs was hurt and we needed a backup to come in and we were down and we needed to throw the ball, I think I'd probably trust Heidi over Nelson. Just from a pure throwing standpoint, it just seemed like he was more comfortable and looked like he had a better ball, I guess. But small sample size, so I can't say that for sure, but it's kind of the gut, gut feeling I had. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not there in the practices. I don't know what these guys look like. Um, and I'm the, the last thing I am is a quarterback guru. <laughs> I, uh, that's uh, not necessarily my forte. You can tell a good quarterback, you can tell a bad quarterback, but am I going to be able to tell who should be starting off a, a couple series between them? Not really. Uh, did it look like Heidi might have a little more talent, especially in his arm? Uh, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. But how many times do we get to see him throw? Not that many. So what are we judging off of four or five throws maybe? Yep. That's a but, snap judgment to make, but I hear where you're coming from. He did look better in the small sample size we got to see, for sure. It's, it's part of but, our job is just overreacting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. So yeah, but in the end, we won the game, beat a beat a decent team, and got a lot of backup time for all of our young guys to be able to come and play. So that's what you want to see out of that game. It was accomplished that week's over but we're not over talking about the rest of the games that happened last week because speaking of it's not like they were a non-scholarship pioneer team indiana state what were you doing Unreal. you made me look stupid <laughs> yeah. i voted you in my top 25 and you made me look stupid and i'm very unhappy with you bad trees yeah. Go make yourself into a bench and sit on yourself. I am very disappointed. Did you did you watch that game at all, or have you seen a replay of it? I haven't watched any of it, and I don't want to. From what I saw, I was keeping up with it as it went. Um, Indiana State's defense couldn't do anything. And it sounds like their quarterback tried to put too much of the game on his shoulders and threw a couple costly interceptions. Yeah, I mean, it's really too bad because especially, you know, they probably should have beat Kansas last week and then losing to Dayton this week. I mean, they're, they're going to be a dogfight just to make the, to even be in the playoff conversation now yeah. with the MZFC schedule they got coming up. I mean, they got a pretty winnable game this week, we think. We thought we had a winnable game last week, so we'll see. Right. But, um, I mean, they're in, a, they're in a world of hurt at this point, which is too bad for a team that, that had pretty high expectations coming into it. Yeah, when you're a team that's on the bubble, that looks like it's going to be a bubble team or a, a not not a solid shot at a seed, but just a shot at the playoffs, you can't afford to drop games that are your gimme games. Well, gimme, but games you should win against non-scholarship teams. You can't afford to do that. You really can't, especially with how Indiana State's schedule is. And now they're behind the eight ball, and, Tell you what, if they make it to the playoffs now, they'll have earned it. There's no doubt <laughs> yeah. about that. Definitely. But when I was looking 
I was watching the Dayton score and the Youngstown State Howard score at the same time. And I thought when we said, you know, I was thinking back to our conversation about, oh, don't overreact to the 2-8. and eight. And then I saw Youngstown and Indiana State losing to Dayton and Howard. And I went, oh, no. Maybe the <laughs> Missouri Valley is really top-heavy this year. But yeah. Youngstown State come out the second half with their hair on fire. I think old Bobo had a moment, and they responded, and they did what they should have done all game and came out with their hair on fire and just went to town like they should have. Yeah. Um, now team, another team that bounced back this week was Southern Illinois with a big win over against an FBS team who it's they're barely FBS, I guess, and UMass. But yeah, I mean, when beating them forty-five to twenty, that's uh, that's a good bounce back game for them. And you know what? Maybe they're gonna get get back on the right track here after after a tough start. I've come to the conclusion with Southern Illinois. Whatever I think they're going to do, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I picked them as my sleeper pick for the MVFC. They get shellacked by SEMO. I pick them to get beat by the FBS team. They don't just beat them. They beat them by over double the score. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with them. I just, at this point, I'm just drawing a hat out of a hat what they're going to do. I have no clue. Yeah, besides that, I mean, we had... Uh, USD getting shellacked by Oklahoma like we thought they would. Um, yeah. I believe, I think I was pretty close in that one. I think my prediction was 70-7, to 7 and they lost 70-14. to 14, So no big surprise there to me. Um, and then the NDSU-UND, what's that? I said, of course, you like the Nostradamus picks out of the two of us. All right, well, we'll see in a little bit here. I didn't do that well this week. <laughs> and then uh, I think NDSU UND went about like people thought it would. Um, it kind of confirmed that uh, I guess UND is not very good, but I mean, it, it's tough to go into the Fargo Dome. I mean, at least they kept it within a half point of the spread. So they got, they got that going for them, I guess. They did better than last time, but still not very good. And they got a long way to go before they joined the Valley next year. They're going to learn a thing or two about a thing or two to steal from the <laughs> State Farm quote. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah, another not surprising one to me was Western Illinois getting shellacked by Colorado State. Um, so, yeah, kind of wraps up Northern Missouri Iowa. Valley play anyway. Northern Iowa and Moorhead State, or Illinois State, both won by quite a bit, too. Do we go over that? No, I just didn't think it was very notable because they were, I don't know, kind of garbage games. So I, moved, I went, Fair skipped enough. right over them. <laughs> yeah. Hear that, Illinois State and you and I? You didn't count this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, you, you're you're always number four, five in our hearts. Right. Consistently. <laughs> Consistently. Ouch. That's pretty rough. <laughs> oh man. I might regret that later this season. We'll see. Yeah, well, they've made us regret it a couple of years in a row now with you and I. That's but, very true. <laughs> nationally, um, we had a couple of interesting games happen. Uh, Jack- Jacksonville State 
we thought that they were awful because they did Jacksonville State things. So, of course, they did Jacksonville State things and then come out and just wax the floor with Chattanooga, who looked like they were a pretty good team, beat them 41-21. So, it was first game wake-up call. No idea. It wasn't wake-up call enough for me to rank them, but they did move up slightly after pounding down Chatty. Um, Kennesaw State missed probably their only chance at getting a big statement game for their playoff resume when they played Kent State and let it go in overtime they really were the better team the whole game they just let it get away from them did you get a chance to watch that game I saw a couple couple minutes of it bouncing around I had a drive I was driving from Fargo and apparently it's not legal to watch TV while you drive so that's unfortunate well that's a suggestion (laughs) Uh, I have a hangover quote but I don't think that's um, <laughs> podcast appropriate. You know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. It has to do with airplane. <laughs> That's true. So <laughs> beyond that, I think the only, the other nationally ranked game of note we had was Montana State, uh, kind of taking it to SEMO. So I mean, yeah, uh, Montana State. Game. Yeah, uh, we kind of said that was going to be a differentiator. They were kind of similar in the polls and. Uh, Montana State definitely showed that they're worthy of going up, I guess. Can we take a moment? Troy Anderson needs to win the Walter Payton Award. Uh, I don't care what anybody else does. He needs to win the Walter Payton Award. Dude had, what, like two touchdowns running the ball? He played quarterback. And then he played linebacker and had like a couple sacks and an interception. Just give him the award and we'll say everybody else, too bad. We'll just give it to him now. Everybody else, too bad, because that's the best football player in the division. Football player. Now, if we're going just offensive player, then that's a different, different discussion. But that's a, when you can play both ways of the ball at an, an all American level at multiple positions. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, he had six six rushes for 102 yards and two touchdowns. So, if you're playing two ways in the FCS, that's that's legit. That's nuts. That's nuts. At any level. I mean, one don't even hear that at D2 or D3 that I know of. That's yeah. ridiculous. If I follow him that close. But you said wait and see how the picks went. So now I'm all curious and I'm, I'm wondering. You did surprisingly well. I'm, I'm going to congratulate you on a bounce back week. You went positive. Woo-hoo. You went seven hey. and five, seven and five overall. Yeah, look at me now, mom. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 see it two weeks in a row before we get too cocky here. <laughs> All part of my plan. How'd you do? I didn't do that well. I went five and seven. There were some close oh. games that didn't cover. That there was a lot of a lot of games really close to the spread this week. So it was kind of back and forth, I guess. And yeah, it just games. yeah. Didn't uh, didn't get it done this week, so I'm gonna take my W and I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You went you went six and three in the MVFC, so you got you got that going for you. Baby steps. I like it. Well, let's uh, let's see how we do this week. Um, we got a few out of conference games we're gonna pick again, and then all the Missouri Valley game teams that are playing this week, we'll pick those games. Kick it off with a big FCS matchup. Uh, Tosin, number nine in the 
in the uh, FC or the AGS poll against Maine, number five, at Maine, and Maine is a three and a half point favorite in that one. What do you got? Uh, three and a half point favorites to Maine. I'm gonna go with the defensive team at home. Give me Maine over Towson. I'm just Towson's not a bad team, but I think Maine's gonna be able to make them one dimensional with their defense and shut them down. Agreed. I mean, like I said on one of our other podcasts, I think Maine's the real deal. I think they win at home. The three and a half scares me, just having, you know, barely over a field goal, but I think they'll take it by at least four. Uh, Then we go to Eastern Washington, which is number four on the AGS poll, goes to Jacksonville State, which is tied for 22nd on the poll. And Eastern Washington is a 14-point favorite in that one. Whew. You know, that's a tough one. I think Eastern Washington wins. I really think they win. Um, do they win by a lot? They could. Depends which Jacksonville State team shows up. But on the other hand, Eastern Washington just gave up 31 points to a Division Two school last week. So what's going on with them? I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, you won 59-31, to 31, but you gave up. 31 points to Division Two school. What are you doing if you're the number 14? I get it if giving up 31 points if you're Duquesne playing against uh, D2 school. And Duquesne's a fringe top 25 team. But if you're number four in the FCS, you should have given them the USD treatment that Oklahoma gave. So this is a much bigger game than I thought it was going to be after week one, in my opinion. So I'm going to take Jacksonville State at home. I'm doing it. I'm going to agree with you. I think uh, I think 14 points is enough at home that they should be able to at least get the push at 14. Hopefully they can pull it out and uh, make it a little closer than that. The third out-of-conference matchup we were going with is Austin P at Mercer. And Mercer is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, they played a couple of years, I guess a few years ago now, and Mercer beat one, that one by seven. So what do you got in this one? Well, uh, I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of these two schools. Austin P was just miserable for years and years and years. Uh, they had one good year where they just missed out on the playoffs, and I believe that was in 2016. And Mercer was a program of the Southern Conference that started up six or seven years ago as well and they've been one of those teams they've been just around 500 every year always knock off one of the top silicon teams one or two of them in fact but then have some head scratcher games where you go how'd you you lose that game then that's what's kept them out of playoffs so you've probably never heard of them but this could be a real game mercers look really good this year and um you know, Austin P just went and played um, a, rank, a highly ranked Central Arkansas team, the one that, that has one of the two FBS wins out of all FCS. And they had them on the ropes for a little while in that game, and they were playing their backup quarterback because when their starter got hurt. So I think this is going to be a real show-me game in this one. And you said it's a six-and-a-half-point spread for Mercer? Correct. Is that right? Yep. yep. So... I am going to go with Mercer, though. I think they're actually a pretty legit team. They, I think 
they might they might make it in the playoffs out of the SoCon is the way things are shaping up, especially with Wofford just peeing down its leg right now and all that. So give me Mercer. I agree that Mercer's going to win, but I'm going to bank on it being a closer game than six and a half, and I'll take Austin P in that one. So then we move on to the Missouri Valley games. Uh, we got Illinois State at home versus Eastern Kentucky, and Illinois State's an 11-point favorite in that one. I don't know where to go with, or excuse me, Indiana State, not Illinois State. ISUB, there we go. Yeah, Indiana State at home versus Eastern Kentucky. And they're an 11-point favorite. Not sure where to go with them at this point. Um, man, I I hope they can cover this spread, but I'm not real confident at this point. I'm, I'm going to bank on them having a bounce-back game. I think uh, I'd like to go watch one of their games and just see how Boyle's looking this year because I thought he looked real good last year. So I'm not... I guess I don't know. I don't know enough about how he's been looking this year, but I'll bank on Indiana State um, bouncing back in this one. I'm gonna go ahead and what is this the first one we disagree? I'm taking Eastern Kentucky. I'm not buying what Indiana State's selling. Call me jaded because they made me look stupid. <laughs> so I'm going with Eastern Kentucky out of spite. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean that's that plays into it. <laughs> Definitely. So we'll see if they bounce back this week. And then uh, Youngstown State is uh, tied for number 22 in the poll. They have Duquesne coming to town. And Youngstown State's a 14.5 point favorite in that one. Um, they played a few years ago, and Youngstown State beat Duquesne 45-10. to 10. I'm kind of surprised this spreads this low. Um, I don't like the 14.5. I wish it was just 14, but... I'm still going to go with Youngstown, and I think I think they win by like 20 or 24. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, there's a lot of people beating the Duquesne should be ranked drum. I'm not sold on that just because they won at Towson last year in the playoffs. It doesn't mean he should be ranked this year. Um, we all remember A.J. Hines taking the SCS Rookie of the Year award over Mr. Rosebooms, Rosebooms. So, uh, give me Youngstown State. I think they're going to come out and they're not going to forget what happened at Howard at the start of that game. And I think they're going to keep that ball rolling and they're going to truck right on over to Kane. We're in agreement on that one. And then NDSU, who's still top of the AGS poll, goes to Delaware and they are 28 and a half point favorites at Delaware. Uh, they played last year in Fargo, and NDSU won that one 38 to 10. So they only won by 28 at home last year. So, what do you what do you think Delaware does this year? Well, isn't Delaware ranked? I think they're ranked. Um, <clears throat> that's neither here nor there. Um, but I do think yeah, they're number 18 in the AGS poll right now. And there you go. looking at it. Um, Maybe this is wishful thinking. It's a long road trip to the East Coast. The game's going to start earlier than you're used to. Trey Lance's first real road game. I think NDSU wins, but maybe this is wishful thinking. But I hope Delaware can show something that gives them a little stutter. A little hiccup maybe makes it a one-score game or less. That'd be fun to watch. 
that would be a blast to watch NDSU fall out there. But I don't see that happening. But I do like your pick of uh, 20 and a half uh, for Delaware, um, especially having the hook there. Uh, like I like the four touchdowns. We'll go that. We'll go that route. It almost worked last week. Um, you know, we we took UND 30 and a half, and UND only lost by 31. So, hey. thanks a lot, UND, for not yes. only embarrassing yourself but also letting us down. So, thanks a lot. And thanks for having your mascot embarrass yourself. Did you see that picture? <laughs> no, I did not. Their did I miss mascot, something? Their mascot walked around that game with a sign that said "Play us in hockey." Oh. How disrespectful can you be to your own football team? That's gross. Yikes. So if I ever see Jack the Rabbit walking around with a sign that says, play us in basketball, I'm throwing my hard hat at him. <laughs> All right. You're on, you're on notice, Jack. Watching you, watching you, son. Got my eyes on you. <laughs> So then we got uh, Tennessee Martin going to Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Uh, I'm going to assume that the good Southern Illinois team shows up again, and I'll take them minus nine-and-a-half. Do I want to make you wrong or make you right? <laughs> More fun to make you wrong, so I'm going to go with Southern Illinois as well. There you go. I have no idea what they're going to do. I said that before. If they're... They're going to do opposite. You want to make money? Bet on Tennessee Martin this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I picked Southern Illinois too, so we'll see how that goes. Should have let me pick first. And then uh, the the oddest spread of the week is Montana State at Western Illinois. I mean, just off the bat, if you hadn't seen the spread yet, what would you put the spread at? I hadn't seen the spread... 14 right i i pick high i'd make it higher but i know western is a really miserable road trip and just kind of a weird place for people to go but um at anywhere if if their home game was anywhere other than where they have it i would other than macomb i'd make it a 21 point spread but i'm gonna say 14 agreed what's weird about this is it's down at three and a half Maybe Vegas knows something we don't, but uh, I'm going to take Montana State by much more than three and a half in this one. Hammer that. Hammer Montana State. Yes. Bet your boat and blame uh, somebody else. Agreed. Not me. I mean, mortgage payment, whatever you got to do, just I, I. this is the lock. It may be the lock of the year. The stone cold lead pipe lock. Of there the you go. Of the week. <laughs> So, well, hopefully Montana State doesn't let us down or hopefully Western Illinois doesn't wake up and actually play play decent. But I think this one's just a Montana State blowout written all over it. Yeah, it doesn't look good. And then uh, Northern Iowa has the bye week. And then we've got Houston Baptist going to USD. And USD's a 29-point favorite in that one. What do you think? <sighs> USD is one of those teams where their offensive line's bad enough that this could be a dogfight, but they've got the offense to put up a lot of points. That's a huge spread for a team that's gotten their tails whipped twice. 
But I'm going to guess that if they are winning and they are winning easily, they're going to really take it out on them to build some confidence in those boys after getting their tails kicked up and down the field for two weeks in a row. So I guess I'll take USD. Yeah, same here. Reluctantly, I am also taking USD, but yeah, I have the same thoughts you do. I think they'll use this as a confidence builder and win by more than they probably should just because they'll, like you said, want to get some confidence going. So. And then we've got uh, Illinois State. This time it's actually Illinois State. ISUR, as we say. They are ranked number 15 in the AGS poll, and they go to Eastern Illinois. And Eastern Illinois is a 14.5 point dog in that one. Uh, last year, Illinois State won 48 to 10 at home. What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, this is a rivalry game. So I'm going to go with Eastern Illinois because that's a lot of points. So this should, generally speaking, I think they're fairly close when they play each other. I think last year was kind of an aberration. So give me Eastern Illinois, I'll take the points. I'm going to go opposite on this one. I'm kind of scared of 14.5, but I'm going to take Illinois State winning by 17 or 20. So will be some more separation there. And then we get to SDSU, who's still number three in the AGS poll, taking on Drake at home. Uh, familiar foe, we played him in 2017, beat him 51 to 10, played him in 2016, beat him 56 to 28. Uh, what are you, where are you going with the spread on this one? Drake is normally overmatched when they play us, and this year it's worse. <laughs> they just lost to a Division II team. Um, UND waxed them. Uh, this game, we should be able to see what we've got behind our starters. It should be a really fun time. It should be a really fun game to be at. It's going to be beautiful weather, awesome tailgating weather. But this game, we should be able to impose our will and get the guys out of there before at half is what I want to see. So give me SDSU. I'm going to agree with you there. I'm surprised that this is a lower spread than the one against LIU. I thought it would be at least the same or more. I think it's probably a little overreaction to SDSU only winning by 35 last week. But I think they... I think they want to get a little more confidence out of this one. The last game didn't wasn't a real confidence builder, I didn't feel like. So I feel like they're going to want to feel better about coming out of this game. And I'll take, yeah, I'll take SDSU winning by more than 32.5. With that, uh, I guess what are your overall takes on the, on the game coming up this weekend? You know, I don't have too much for takes on this game more so just what I want to see the Jacks able to accomplish when they come out. Um, I want to see the offensive line impose their will. Uh, I want to see them get that Drake defensive line on roller skates and get to that second level. Um, maybe get to see a little more of what um, Nelson can do. It'd be nice to see him get some opportunity to stretch the field a couple times early in the game so we can see what that looks like with him. And I want to see us all come out healthy and the defense continue to play at the level that's been. I don't want to see a drop off. That's what I would, that's my goal scenario on everything. 
Yeah, I'm on board with you. Um, it did remind me when you talked about Nelson throwing the ball a little more. Um, it was good to see Blake Coons get a touchdown last week. Um, I think he's going to be a big player this year. Just got to get him rolling, get him some confidence. Um, he, I mean, he was wide open. He had to double catch that ball. He almost dropped the damn thing. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully uh, he gets the first catch jitters out of the way and we'll get him, feed him the ball some more. Because uh, I think he can be a beast, but um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get out to a nice big lead early and uh, on a nice early game on a Saturday. Like you said, it should be nice out. Um, I think X kind of get on his offensive line a little bit and tell him, man, we need to play better against these guys. I know they're not as good, but we got to look better. So um, yeah, I expect him to come out uh, ready to go. I expect our defense to play just as well as they did. So. As far as a prediction goes, I'm going to go a little more. You know, last year or the two years ago, we went 51 to 10. I'm going to go 57 to 3 this time. What do you got for a score prediction? I will go 51 to 3. 51 to 3? Pretty close. That's my prediction. And many delicious smoking meats in the parking lot. I like it. I will be cooking. I'm going to get down there early. going to have the smoker rolling. We're going to have some good stuff. Nice. I'll make sure to stop by. All right. Well, with that, go big, go blue, go jacks. But wait. What's up? We got to tell people where to find us. Where we're tailgating? No. Guys, if you're listening to this, do us a favor, share this podcast with your friends. If you know any friends who are jacks fans. Um, go ahead and give us a follow on the internet on Twitter. <laughs> My Twitter handle is something special. I don't even remember what it is offhand. I think it's it's Thumper well, with a D. D well, while he's looking, his it's, it, I'm looking it up right now. That's <laughs> it. My, my Twitter handle is at it's Thumper seventy six capital it capital Thumper on Twitter. Go ahead and give me a follow. You'll get way too much Brewers and other Wisconsin sports in there while you're following me, but it's 95% Jacks. Yeah, just wait until he starts tweeting about Green Bay Packers stuff and then unfollow him like I did. And then <laughs> <laughs> I came back around, but um, at least at least when you follow me, you get more Minnesota Viking stuff than anybody than anything else. So I guess we'll depends where your pro allegiances lie, but. My Twitter handle is at Cap'n Harden. That's C-A-P-P-I-N Hard. So, yeah. Um, you can follow us and have some fun. And like like Brennan said, tell your friends about the podcast. And I think, you know, hopefully we can grow this thing a little bit and get gain some more listeners. Yeah, and I think um, talking to Kyle earlier this week, we're going to have some things for – reviews on things like itunes and spotify and things like that so if you want to get entry entered into uh i believe they're going to be doing a giveaway on there go ahead drop a review maybe even a nice comment or a mean comment or a nice mean comment <laughs> or a backhandedly mean comment whatever <laughs> How, it's up to you it's your comment <laughs> yeah in addition to that, if you have anything you, that you'd like us to address on the show uh, or um, Kyle or Matt, uh, drop a drop a DM on Twitter or even just tweet right at us and uh, we'll, we'll definitely bring that up on the show and see see where we go with it. So, yeah. Can we, oh. fish, can we officially end this now? 
Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. Go Jacks. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man.